Hello everyone, welcome to episode 48 of our weekly Cricket Her vodcast. Thank you so much for all the comments um, on um, our discussion last week, which was around um, England's ageing top six um, and perhaps some of the difficulties with having an ageing batting lineup. We had some really thoughtful comments. I'm just going to read one out, which was from Chris Brooker. I won't read out the whole thing, but um, a few interesting points that he makes. He says, England are a good team, but really only a great team at its absolute best should have so many automatic selections. And having so many automatic selections indicates either a really conservative selection policy, extreme favouritism, or a lack of genuine contenders beating the doors down, demanding selection. And the latter is a huge problem, if true. So some interesting food for thought there Sid and all of our viewers out there I'm sure that the debate will rumble on as it inevitably does um, thinking about um, England they're currently out in New Zealand they've just played their first warm-up match um, against a New Zealand 11 um, so a sort of uh, New Zealand B-side um, they didn't have Sophie Devine Amy Sathway Leah Tahuhu or Mealy Kerr playing in that uh, lineup. Um, so, as perhaps you would expect, England won. They won by 20 runs overall. Um, Nat Siver top scored for England with 75, and then Catherine Brunt came in um, towards the end and hit a quick fire 41 off 29 balls. And the highlights for New Zealand were probably um, Lauren Down, who hit 97 um, before being run out three shorts, three runs short of her 100 by Danny Wyatt. Um, and 16-year-old Fran Jonas, who's been called up to this side. Um, cue numerous headlines from Sid, uh, forthcoming about um, the Jonas sister. Um, she took the big wicket of Siva um, when she looked like she might be on course for making 100. Um, she got her out LBW um, and finished with figures of 1 for 34 of six overs. Um, so some really interesting um, contributions for New Zealand as well there. But what what did we learn from this warm-up from a kind of England perspective, Sid? Uh, yeah, well, Danny Wyatt and Tani, Tammy Beaumont opened the batting. Um, you can see them behind us, thanks to Henry Cowan from the ECB for the photograph. Um, so, and I think it's pretty clear that they will be opening the batting in this series, almost certainly, I think, in the ODIs and the T20s. Um, so yeah, um, we also saw Catherine Brunt as part of the definitely as part of the batting lineup. She came in ahead of Lauren Winfield Hill, so that shows again that England are definitely seeing her as part of their batting mm -hmm. lineup. She was batting in the top six um, during the T20 series in the summer, of course, and was part of that reason that that batting lineup has you know aged as we were talking about last week. Um, in the bowling, um, Catherine Brunt, um, that name again, she opened the bowling as you'd expect, but she also opened it with Kate Cross. Do you think there's any significance to that, Raf? I think so. Um, yeah, I thought that was interesting. And one of the reasons it's interesting is because um, there's probably more fighting for places going on um, in terms of the bowling than there is 
in the batting at the moment. Um, and England have got a little bit of a dilemma in the absence of Anya Shrubsole about who opens the bowling alongside Catherine Brunt. Um, so given that Kate Cross has done that in the, this first warm-up, um, you'd perhaps think that that gives her... Um, or makes it more likely that she'll end up doing that in the actual ODIs. Now, she sat out, of course, all of those five T20 games against West Indies last summer. Um, unfortunately for her, and she's talked about actually what a struggle that was for her mental health, really, being inside the England bubble and knowing, really, that she wasn't going to play any of the games. Um, I think she's essentially been told by England that they view her as much more of an ODI bowler than a T20 bowler. Um, so this is quite interesting and obviously if they do want her in their World Cup side come 2022 then they need to give her some match time uh, now and so it looks to me quite likely therefore that she is going to be included in the ODI uh, 11 um, and yeah potentially is going to be opening the bowling alongside Catherine Brunt. So that's quite interesting. Okay. Um, now, Sid, one of the interesting things about this warm-up game was that there was a crowd, wasn't there? Yeah, there was. Tammy Beaumont mentioned this in her post-match press conference. She said it was great to have some fans in. Apparently, we got more than the West Indies men when they played here, so that was great to have some support here. And we even had a few England supporters in, which was great. So all great, according to Tammy. Um, but unfortunately... Um, uh, Shortly after the, the match finished, the New Zealand government announced that there have been a handful of cases, and it really is only a handful mm -hmm. of cases, they're not deaths, they're, um, but a handful of cases in uh, the north. Um, and that's meant that um, they've put part of the country into level three lockdown and the rest of the country into a level two lockdown. Now, initially, this is only for three days. So initially, the, there's going to be minimal impact anyway. Um, but what would this mean if um, these uh, lockdowns were to, were to continue? Um, well, level two lockdown would mean that the tour could go ahead. So that's the good news. But it would mean that it would go ahead without crowds. So um, if they're still in level two, um, at the beginning of next week, that's the week after next, in like 10 days' time when the first match takes place of the actual international series, mm -hmm. that'll mean that that's going to take place behind closed doors. Um, there is also um, a 1T20 that's potentially affected by the Level 3 lockdown, but that could, of course, be moved. Um, but fingers crossed from a New Zealand mm -hmm. perspective that, uh, that anyway, that you know they can isolate those cases successfully and that, that you know crowds will be able to attend those matches over in New Zealand in 10 days' time. Let's hope so. Now, the other cricket that's going on at the moment is over in Australia, where the WNCL is currently underway. So that's their 50-over domestic competition, um, which has been a little bit affected by coronavirus with some of the border closures between states. Um, but, you know, they've got it up and running, so that's brilliant. What does the table look like at the moment, Sid? Well, the most, perhaps the most interesting feature of the table is that New South Wales breakers um, are not from two. So they're at the Ooh. bottom of the table at the moment, <laughs> despite having won the competition virtually every year it's existed. Um, and at the top of the table, um, Victoria are now top um, on net run rate from Tasmania, who won their first two games and were actually top of the table for a while um, themselves. So you'll be pleased, Sid. Yeah, a um, bit of a turn up for the books there. Um, <laughs> Raf, you listened to an interesting podcast this week with uh, 
Tasmania Tigers head coach Sally Ann Briggs, who of course was former England Academy coach, former coach of Loughborough Lightning, now living and working in, in Tassie. Um, uh, and she's had some interesting stuff to say, didn't she, Raph? Yeah, she did. So it was the Having a Chat podcast um, with host Tommy Kasher, and we'll put a link um, below the video um, in the YouTube notes so you can go and, and click on it and have a listen um, because it was, it was really interesting. Um, he talks about all kinds of things with her. We found out that she enjoys sausage rolls. Um, so, you know, I'm a sausage roll, a vegetarian for, sausage roll. For somebody from Grimsby, that's perhaps <laughs> unexpected. Um, and I don't know if we've got any viewers in Grimsby. Hello if we have. Um, and also, apparently, she enjoys, um, controversially, drinking red wine with seafood. Now, Sid, you don't really have views on this, do you? Well, being a vegetarian, <laughs> I don't, don't eat a lot of seafood. But my, my view on such things is beer with everything. Okay, fair enough. Um, anyway, uh, aside from that, there were some really interesting insights into what it's been like to be a coach um, of um, a side that hasn't enjoyed um, a great amount of success, actually. And one of the really interesting things that I took from the podcast um, was her talking about how you now deal with the fact that um, Tasmania are experiencing a level of success in the WNCL that they've never experienced before, ever. Um, you know, I know they've only won two games, but that is their most successful start to WNCL of all time. Um, and how do you deal with um, kind of that as a coach in terms of psychologically? She was saying that some of her players are so used to losing, they've got into a losing mindset. And even having won two matches, they'll be going into the third game thinking, well, you know, we've never, we don't have a winning streak as a side. We've never had a, a, a long winning streak. So we're just, you know, we're probably going to lose today. Um, and how do you deal with that as a coach? How do you break out of that mentality? And I suspect, you know, if you could bottle up this this thing as a coach of, um, well, this is how you successfully extend a winning streak, then you'd be a very rich person indeed. Um, but it is a very interesting thing to reflect on as a coach and how you change your practices and the way you talk to your team um, when you're trying to progress them from a losing mindset into a winning mindset. And then into thinking and going into games, well, we're going to win today rather than, oh, well, we might have won yesterday, but we're going to lose today. Um, so I thought that was really interesting. So, yeah, definitely well worth a listen. Now, um, one of the other things that we've been hearing um, talk about this week about the WNCL is about the possible expansion. Um, now, last time Cricket Australia announced that they were expanding the WNCL, Sid, you wrote a piece for Cricket Her saying that, that Cricket Australia had broken the WNCL. Have they fixed it? Well, I did write that piece and um, it was a slightly controversial headline. Um, but this, the thing that they did previously was uh, with the previous expansion mm -hmm. was that they expanded it on an uneven basis. So what they did was they said everyone's going to play each other once and then some teams will play some other teams twice. Um, but it won't be full home and away. Mm -hmm. And as a sporting spectacle, that kind of breaks the competition because it, is it means some sides, um, as I pictured it in the piece, are going to wind up playing New South Wales mm -hmm. twice. Um, I mean, with their form this year, maybe that's a good thing. Um, but it doesn't, it doesn't create an even competition yeah. if, if some teams are playing other teams twice and some teams are only playing them once. Um, but the good news is that um, they obviously read the piece. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Because um, they're talking now about expanding it to a full home and away 
uh, competition, which yeah. is which is great news. Mm-hmm. And I think there's a couple of really interesting points there. First of all, um, it demonstrates cricket Australia's commitment, not just to the women's game, but to state cricket. Actually, um, you know that there are other options for expanding the women's game, but they've they've chosen to say, you know, we're committed to state cricket. This is how we're going to deliver our 50-over cricket to our players and our fans. Um, and you know this is our commitment to it. Mm-hmm. It's also interesting because they have the ability to do this now that virtually everybody in the competition is is a professional. So you know, I mean, you've got some people that aren't, some people that have flexible careers, some people are students, um, but everyone has the capacity to be able to step up and play all those games, which is what you really need. And um, that's where um, England is still going to be a bit lacking next year. So it's it's kind of there's a bit of an awkward one there for England that as Australia um, have taken another step forward. So the ECB took a step forward last year with the Rachel Hayhoe Flint and the regional competition. Australia have taken another step. Um, you know, so they're, they're trying to stay ahead of the game. So, you know, that's a really positive move from Australia going, you know, we've, we've got the players now. They're virtually full time. We can make, therefore, the time in the schedule for us playing a full home and away program. Um, you know, and it's, it's all going to carry on going forwards from there. So I think that there's lots of positives from Australia and you know that they're, they're setting down the line to everyone else you know that if you want to keep up you know we're going to keep moving forward catch us if you can we should make it clear that cricket australia haven't actually formally announced that it will be expanded but um the piece that we're talking about on cricket.com.au did say that it's very likely that that will happen from next season so um you know don't quite count your chickens before they've hatched but yeah you know, let's let's hope that that is what happens. Yeah, the, the eggs are there and you know, they've been laid. <laughs> Great. Shall we carry on extending this metaphor or shall we no. wrap things up soon? Let's wrap things up. Thank you very much for watching as ever and we'll see you in a week's time when we'll be making our predictions for the England v New Zealand series. See you then. Bye. <laughs>